Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring Welcome to out. the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast out, with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Brojan. Yo, what's poppin', Fantasy Football Fiend family? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got my guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at him, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we got a lot to go over this week. News and notes, your playoff preview, our comments, concerns, and uh, how we kind of see things hashing out. Some of the teams that uh, unfortunately won't be moving on further in the playoffs. And then we have our final fantasy, the running back edition. Join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. If you need to get any info to us, fantasyfootballfiend at gmail, F-E-I-N, promos, advertising, everything like that. Let's go ahead and do what we do. And now your fantasy news. All right, fellas. So we got a few situations brewing here. Kind of want to get out in front of and kind of get give the people your opinions on how these situations are going to work out, why they may work out, and which ones may not work out. We got the Chargers who won't be moving on in the playoffs. It looks like they're going to be actually keeping their head coach, Brandon Staley, but they're going to be getting rid of a lot of the pieces around him. Do you guys think that that's the correct way to go, or would you have gone a different direction with some of the possible head coaching prospects that are out there right now? I'm actually okay with them uh, keeping Staley. To be honest with you, the firing of the, the OC, I don't really think it was warranted. I really think this team needs some other some help as far as like some uh, personnel help. I don't really think it's the play call or the head coach. I just think it's some other things that's missing. Uh, what do you feel reason. like they're missing? Like, because they got the running back, they got the quarterback. Healthy wide receivers would be nice throughout the year. Right. Number one, uh, extending Mike Williams, I don't think was a good move. The facts, especially I mean, not for the price that they paid right. for him. You know what I mean? Extending him hasn't been a good move for them. And also defensively, I think it's time to move on for some of the pieces and, you know, build through the, the draft. I think, you know, Bosa's been there too long. You know what I mean, let him go somewhere else and get some love. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, and he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but I think you probably could have get a couple guys for a, a, a person like him. So I think you need to fill out in, in that, that roster. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would move on from Bosa. And, and I know you just, uh, this is another guy that they decided to pay, but Darwin can't stay healthy at all. Right. And, He's a hell of a safety, but man, like the he's never available when need be, or, or he's never close to one hundred percent. And these are guys that's actually you know making bread. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it the, it's, it's the mass majority of their cap is what we talking about right, right now. So they got like two good guys defensively, and then everybody else is like okay. Or what well, they got Khalil Mack? You know, Khalil, Khalil Mack's Mack. there, yeah. I, I, I would like to see them get a better coordinator. That's for one. Bring a better mm-hmm. DC in and just, you know, fill out the rest of that defensive roster. I don't think the offensive coordinator should have been fired. I don't think it's his fault. The Lamar Jackson situation just got a little bit more interesting. For whatever reason, Lamar didn't show up to the game to cheer on his teammates, if you will, which was kind of peculiar based on the fact that he had been at other games, um, both home and on the road. I don't know if anyone should read anything into that, if that means that he's completely checked out or the scuttlebutt is they're about to lock him up for about 10 years. I've heard everything from he's out the door to there's a contract on the way and he's going to be happy with the money that he gets. And they basically want him to spend the rest of his career there. So I don't know what to believe in this Lamar Jackson situation at this point. Have you guys heard anything that's been a, that's been leaning, you know, a little bit more one way or another? We got to look at it from a standpoint that this guy really not healthy. Like, I think a lot of people are undermining kind of injury. And I think, um, I don't know if it was Dobbins or, or Humphreys who even said it, like, 
This guy is visibly like not feeling. He's still it's still swollen. It's almost like RG three, but it's not so much that is a he's playing through a torn ACL. But it was to the same degree to where if he played, he could have literally tore something. He could have it could have been way worse than what it is. A grade three sprain right now, so you might as well call it damn near about to fall off the bone. I really don't think he had to be there. I don't think it's nothing contractually related to. Um, what's going on but at the same time like you to your point the Ravens are going to, have to do something contrary to what people think they more likely are going to try to pay pay him because everything else don't make sense like you know the non-executive tag doesn't make sense because to your point we talk about it you know off the show they're gonna get two picks from him at least regardless have you guys heard Aaron Rodgers doing his now yearly I don't know if I want to play ball anymore speech um I was sick of it last year I don't want to really hear it this year I don't know what else you want they drafted receivers you didn't show up in the offseason to get acclimated with them by the time you did get acclimated with them during the season and they started to kind of show improve you were kind of the one whose game was a little bit off in several instances do you guys think that Aaron Rodgers is going to give it one more shot with Green Bay or do you think that he's going to end up retiring or moving on down the road to another team I honestly think he's going to play next year where that's going to be shake up the globe who knows I, I do think he's going to play next year I think he still has that itch he still can play at a high level in my opinion yeah they drafted some receivers for him but they were drafted him a couple years too late let's be honest the year that they drafted Jordan Love that's an opportunity to get a big time receiver that year. It's like one of those things that they try to make things right a little too late. And I think it's time for him to go somewhere where he's a little more appreciated and uh, he can really uh, tend for a championship, at least try to go out on a, on a better note. There's a lot of quarterback needy teams out there that like his services. So I, I definitely can see him playing next year, though. A lot of people kind of have that feel that, you know, hey, everybody isn't Brady, but he's about to turn 40. And maybe, just maybe, he isn't physically wanting to deal with that anymore. We're we kind of seeing that with Brady right now, too. He don't want to take a hit. He don't want to, like, the grind isn't there anymore. I don't know. We'll, we'll definitely see. I think he'll come back. He got 50 million reasons why. I'm going to come back next year. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to point out, too, real quick, is that I feel like these quarterbacks should have the understanding when you want X amount of dollars, there's not much room for anything else. So I think, you know, last year things were able to work because he also had a healthier team. The offensive line was shuffled a lot uh, this year. Bakhtiari was still on IR most of the season, pretty much just pummeled that offensive line. And then Tanya was out for a period of time. Like you said, at the same time, like, bro, you took this money knowing that they weren't going to change anything philosophically. And then two, that they weren't going to really do much in regards to a weapon, because what was Sammy Watkins this offseason? What was bringing Randall Cobb back this offseason? Like I said, when you, we get paid X amount of dollars, we saw it with Drew Brees. We saw it with a lot of these prominent names, Matt Stafford with the Lions. You take these contracts it's, it's nothing for you you know for a team to get anything else i'm just trying to figure out what exactly he wants to your point vander they should have made a move you know quite a bit ago but when you signed the contract we already moved past that so what's the issue now whatever was going on last year when you said you were going to play the, the issue nothing's changed other than the amount of money that's going to your pocket so i don't know we'll see how that works out but I can see him him kind of needing to recharge his battery and there's nothing like a change of scenery to kind of do that. It kind of feels like there it's that couple that they don't want to see each other with anybody else, but they know that they aren't good for each other anymore. That's kind of where I feel Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay are right now. Neither one of them want to be the first to say goodbye. That's a Chris um, Brown song though. Real talk. <laughs> No, that's a no, song. That's, that's a song. Older. Night, yeah, that's older than that. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm speaking young ass modern. boy. Yeah, the younger generation right there. <laughs> so we have the next chapter in the Sean Payton saga. Right now, it's looking like Walmart is going to win out. I really believe that Walmart money is going to end up being heads and shoulders above all else. It's already been stated that obviously the charges are off the table now. It's been stated that he was going to interview with the Carolina Panthers, and I believe Sean Payton was going to also interview with the Houston Texans. Both of those sounds like it's going to go to you to run up the price to go to Denver because out of the places that he's interviewing, Denver definitely puts him in the best position to make some serious noise uh, sooner than later, in my humble opinion. Uh, what do you guys think about the teams that Peyton is currently interviewing for? I mean, the, 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 as far as the teams, I mean, of course, these are head coach needy teams. And of course, Sean Payton is probably the biggest name, one of the biggest names out there. But to me, I think it's an overreaction. I mean, let's be clear. Sean Payton, he's cool. 
but this guy has a 500 record in the playoffs. He has like a 57% win percentage in the NFL. Not saying it's bad, but at the same time, like, he's not worth no draft picks. Y'all getting a little too ahead of yourself, you know what I'm saying? And for right teams. now they're saying that it's going to be in the Absolutely first. Not. Is what they're looking at for Absolutely right not. now for him. If he can't put a helmet on, I'm not trading for him. I believe Denver has like <laughs> a tail end first pick, if I'm not mistaken. Good. Um, they need I, to I fix their team. You see the team this year? No, 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 no. But you don't get it, though. What I'm saying is they're basically saying they're more than happy to give up that end of the first round pick. No, 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 no. You hear what I'm saying. Oh, no, I definitely hear what you're saying. They need to pick. They need more than just that pick. I don't care if it's the the tail end. I don't care if it's 31st. You need it. You see the the team that you put on the field this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sean Payne, he cool, but he's not no savior. I agree. I definitely you know what agree. I mean? I, I just think I there's think he's a lot overrated. Of, yeah, I, I'd rather give one of these hot shot young coaches a chance. Like, you know, like who thought McVay was going to be where he turned into? Who's the OC for the 49ers right now? Like, give some of these younger guys a chance because that Shanahan tree is pretty decent. You know, give some other coaches a shot. But just because the name Sean Payton rings a bell, and I know Walmart, they're trying to make a splash with this coach signing. Look at your personnel and, and, and just go that way. I, I just don't think you should give up any picks at all for a, for a head coach. It's not John Madden. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Like, stop it. But I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I would love to see D'Amico Ryans and Byron Leftwich hook up in Denver as head coach and in, in, um, offensive coordinator. D'Amico is cool. I like him. To be honest with you, man, I think he's no more than just a good coordinator. I think some people just built to be good coordinators. I just don't think he's one of those guys. Oh, you, you don't think D'Amico will be a, uh, a good head coach? No. Okay. Go get, go get Flores. You know what I'm saying? I like, like that, too. I like that, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think he's a better head coach, a better leader of men across the board. You know what I mean? We see a lot of guys as excellent coordinators end up being head coaches, not so much Rex Ryan, Wade Phillips. Like, these are some of the best defensive minds right. they ever they ever call a play in, in the NFL. But when they became head coaches, not so much. And I think D'Amico Ryan's will probably fall into that same. Just like we see the uh, New York Jets coach, Robert. He's pretty he's decent. But I just think a lot of times people buy into these coordinators a little too much. I see Aaron Glenn getting a coordinator uh, interview for what? Not sure what he did in Detroit to make him so special, but um, maybe that was just to fulfill the obligation of the Rooney rule. You got that going on too. Yeah, like, come on, Aaron Glenn getting a job, like, for what? He cool, but no, not no, nah. He didn't do enough. I don't think so. That's just my opinion. Who are the other younger guys out there right now that that we're thinking should be coming up for head coaching positions? Like I know Mike Kafka, who's currently an OC, Kellen Moore, who's currently an OC, Dan Quinn, uh, Vince Joseph, I believe, was being interviewed for a head coaching job. I want to say Raheem Morris. Uh, I want to say his name was out there for some position somewhere, but who's actually out there that we would say deserves the shot right now? I want to say Eric Bieniemy ended up getting interviewed by somebody, but at this point, I think he's kind of been almost blacklisted. I don't exactly know why, but there there are a few guys out there, a few names out there who should be the next man up, but but who knows? Joe, what you got on the uh, the guys that are up and coming that we should be keeping an eye on? I'm going to start off with D'Amico. I'm going to say opposite to what Vander just said. You have to take in consideration, like, this guy does galvanize the team. He does. Is, he is a pivotal part of why the, the 49ers defense has been so successful. Real uh, quick. They are a top-ranked defense. Real quick. Before he got the job, what was the defense? Let me take a little quote up. It was top level. Robert Saleh, the, the head, that's how he got the head coaching job at the Jets. I mean, he left the cupboard full. It wasn't like D'Amico came in there and just took this team from 21st in the league to third in the league. It was a number one defense when he left. He left him a nice car. Here you go. All he had to do was go outside and wash it a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't so, quite say that. I would, uh, what, what, what? Excuse me? These are the Super Bowl running teams now. That's, yeah. I mean, the defense has been superior for the last couple of years before well, he think, was the coordinator. Right. But my whole thing is, and this is going this is going to happen more so than what we want to say about it. He does galvanize a team. He is one of those people that looked upon as a leader. Though Salah had a, made a good defense out of his personnel and did all those things, I think he just did as impressive. You see what they've been doing against the past with the cornerbacks and personnel that they have and everything else. They've been highly successful. And I think for that reason, he's going to be one of those people that's going to be looked at heavily in regards to that. But the uh, most important one see. after that was uh, the Eagles offensive coordinator, Shan uh, Setchin. I don't want to bo- butcher his uh, last name. He's already interviewed with the Colts four days ago. And I think that's not the, the last of what he's going to be doing as far as interviews. I love, I like young minds. I love uh, these people who uh, kind of just changed the game. You know, the the Taylors. Of the- 
Deshaun McVeigh, those types. He's he's in that elk, in my personal opinion. You know, Mike Daniels, he's going to be the next young guy that's going to be a head coach. So I like those two definitely. But I think the enemy definitely deserves a shot. I mean, I think he deserves a shot more than anybody. What, I mean, what do you think he will make sense? Like, what, what? I think the team that he interviewed for was the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. I think he makes sense in Denver. I mean, the team, okay. the, this team already has a defense that's solid. Why don't you bring in somebody that can score some points? I mean, the Chiefs have been in what? Every AFC championship since Mahomes been the starter. I mean, he's calling really? plays. It's not like he's not calling. It's not like Hackett. You know, just somebody just standing there with a headset on. Like, he's actually calling plays. So give him an opportunity. But for, like, me, and I'm a 49er fan, but D'Amico Ryan had a number one defense when he took the job. If I give you a Lamborghini and you put rims on it, okay, you made it a nicer car, it's a Lambo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'm okay for all these guys getting an opportunity, but. There's so many other guys out here I think should be in front of in the line in front of the line than like a D'Amico. I mean, that's just my opinion. Like he cool, but I mean I left you the cupboard full. All you had to do was cook. You know what I mean? You didn't make a meal out of nothing. Like everything was there for you. All the seasoning was there. All the meats you need were there. You you had to do nothing but turn the stove on. That's just me. And that pretty much wraps up the news and notes for this week. Let's go right ahead and hop into your final fantasy running back edition. All right, good people. So let's go ahead and take a look at some of our top running backs. We're going to be looking at the guys that we told you so, uh, the ones that uh, we were absolutely wrong about. And then some guys just came out of left field. We just didn't see them coming at all one way or the other. We'll kind of go through that narrative. And some of these guys, where they're ranked and how much they actually helped you throughout the season may not necessarily match up. Um, some guys ended up winning you, you know, two or three weeks and completely blowing up those weeks. But then the other weeks where you depended on them, they didn't quite show up. So we'll kind of look at that narrative as well. But the top five running backs, and this is looking at PPR. Final standing for PPR leagues, we had Austin Eckler, number one, Christian McCaffrey, number two, Josh Jacobs, number three, Derrick Henry, number four, and rounding out at number five was Saquon Barkley. What a, where are your I told you so's? Who did you not see coming? And who were you wrong about? Uh, looking at this list, I'm not sure. Sh- I, I, I mean, I'm not sure if we were wrong about any of these people. I mean, well, I'll tell you what. The person you didn't see coming was Josh Jacobs. Let's put it like that. I agree. No one. There's not no one living seen Josh Jacobs <laughs> leading the league in uh, rushing. Uh, not even Josh Jacobs himself. Uh, I would definitely say he's a person that no one's seen coming. Uh, I'm not sure about being wrong about it. It's just that you, you thought he's more of a, you know, middle-of-the-road kind of running back. Saquon being this high, I think we all kind of like had high hopes for him being another year removed from the injury. This is this is a pretty good finish for him. We didn't see McCaffrey being traded, and I think that kind of helped him True. boost That kind of helped him being up to this high in the ranking. But as far as him finishing this high, it's not really a surprise because if you draft it, you draft him probably, you know, early in your first round. So, but looking at these top five guys or so, I think everything is pretty much not surprised. The Josh Jacobs, of course, is surprising, but that's that's about pretty much it. Yeah, I agree with that. Thousand percent. I can't say I was wrong about Saquon because I think the narrative was if he can stay healthy, he can be one of those dudes. And it was just a matter of whether I didn't believe that he was going to stay healthy. He's still not on my favorites list, if you will, because of that narrative. He is a year removed from the injury. Hopefully, uh, if the Giants can kind of continue to go in the right direction as far as that offensive line is concerned, and if they resign him, they may end up kind of settling in and him and he being a a top-notch guy for the next, you know, maybe – two, three, four years. Um, hopefully, if injury can stay at bay. In this next list of five, for me, there were a couple of guys that I didn't see coming as far as end of the year this high. But we had Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, Aaron Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, and Dalvin Cook. So for me, the guys that I didn't see coming were Tony Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson. And when I say I didn't see them coming – It's not that I didn't see them being great values. We definitely talked about them several times in some of the shows leading up to last year as far as being great values. But as far as being top 10 running backs, I didn't see them getting that high. 
So I can definitely say I didn't see them coming. Nick Chubb is one of those I told you so's. I, I actually thought he could have ended up in that top five. Aaron Jones, I'll say I was wrong about because I thought that this was going to be the year that Dylan either took over or minimally they were kind of equals, 1A, 1B type of a situation. Pilot to me, I think, still is the list. Like, I- I honestly, just saw, seeing the offseason, I thought Zeke was just going to come back and have a comeback you know, season, how he was looking. But Pollard, man, he played himself into some money. So I, I agree at that point. Um, Stevenson, the same way. I thought I thought Damian Harris and, and Stevenson would be a, a two-headed you know, headed backfield you know, with Damian up front. But Stevenson emerged out of the doghouse and killed it. I thought Cook would be higher, if anything else. But, you know, the season happens. I agree. Happens. I agree, yeah. I- and he, and he he didn't have any injuries this year, did he? He missed a couple. No, I think even with that shoulder separation, I think he played the following week. I think you're right. Probably was the guy we finished that this year. I thought it would be next year. Right, exactly. I also too thought Devin Cook would be a lot higher. I mean, the biggest surprise on this one is uh, of course Pollard and Stevenson, because again, this is both well, both of these guys come in as being backups, right? They're here sitting in the top ten. Both, both kind of due to injury a little bit. I mean, Harris right. had his, you know, foes this year, and so did Zeke. But the Pollard thing, I think we all was looking at this to be next year's uh, finish. So now leading, going into next year, he'll be a, a guy on a lot of people's uh, radar because it's looking like Zeke is probably going to be his last year as a Cowboy. Um, it's, it's easy for him to cut ties with him contractually after this year. Well, not so much dead money, but uh, I agreed also. Do you think they will? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time. I think it's time. I mean, because it, why, why pay him? Why pay him again for another year? It doesn't make sense. The production is not there. Um, again, I think the thing that everybody loves about Zeke again, he's second to none when it comes to pass pro. That's his bread and butter. I mean, he's he's like another lineman out there when it comes to pass protection. So, but again, contractually, a lot of dead money left. They couldn't do it, but after this year, it'll be the prime time to to make that cut. And like you, like Joe just said, I mean, Pollard did play himself into a contract. So, what are you gonna do? Gonna pay him too? No, somebody gotta go. Next five up are Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Najee Harris, and Jamal Williams rounding it out at number 15. Honestly, it didn't feel like Leonard Fournette was close to being top 10. And that's probably one that I didn't necessarily see coming because I thought Rashad White was gonna get a little bit more work than what he got, but it didn't really feel like Leonard Fournette should have been kind of up there. Joe Mixon, I feel, is kind of par for the course. I felt he would have been right around this area. Miles Sanders was actually able to show and prove they used him the way that he should be used versus the way that they had been using him before. So to Joe's point in yesteryear, had he been used the way that he could have been used, maybe he could have been a household name by now versus just kind of having somewhat of a breakout year this year. Uh, Another guy that didn't really feel like he helped you out on some weeks, Najee Harris, ended up at 14. I thought he would actually be a little bit higher than that. So I'll say I didn't see a number 14 finish coming. And then at 15, Jamal Williams, it felt like he helped you out a whole lot more than being running back number 15. He's a guy that kind of came out of nowhere for me. I, I didn't see this guy being, you know, he was the touchdown leader for a good bit of the year. I don't I don't think he ended up being the touchdown leader, but he was definitely up there. Eleven to fifteen really showed you how bad running back has been this year. It was down, definitely. You know, that makes sense. Like you just talk about Fournette. I mean he's eleven, really. Najee Harris is looked at as a bus, <laughs> to be honest with you. He's at fourteen. Based on where he was drafted, absolutely right. he he was a first round pick. Right. And then again, Jamal Williams Real, very, very, very touchdown dependent. Kind of remind me of Lindell White, you know, back in the day when it was just like touchdowns or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Blunt. Remember Blunt? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he had one of those kind of years this year. The surprise here would probably be Joe Mixon. Had a few bumps Good and bruises. Good or bad surprise. You thought he'd be higher. But he did face some injury this year. So look at this list. He faced injury and he's 12. Right. Najee was banged up and he played horrible and he's 14. Right. Leonard was banged up and he's 11. So these are guys who's, who didn't even play a full season. Oh, we're and about it, to get to the guys it, that it, disappointed the most real quick. You know what I'm saying? So these, none of these guys really played a full complement except Miles Sanders. And then you they took games off. He have a game where he had 23 carries. In this game, he have eight. 
but all these guys are still right here. So, again, like I said, the running back is very top-heavy this year, it seems, as far as the scoring is concerned. So that's pretty much what I got to say about from uh, 11 to 15. Yeah, 11 to uh, 15 was pretty interesting. You got a point. He said where, where Najee was taken and the expectations with Najee, he definitely um, he didn't carry it. But I'm most impressed, and I was most surprised by Jamal Williams. Especially this being a contract year, man. Like, yep. talk about DeAndre, who, I th- you know, we got to make that conversation. Like, you know, I think injuries kind of play swift out of having a prominent role, in my personal opinion. Yep. But then they kind of gave it back to him at the end of the year, too. So, like, I think they got to pay Jamal because that's a one-two punch. Like, you, you can't put that load on Swift and expect him not to get hurt. So, I definitely like mm-hmm. that point. Looking at running back 16 through 20, this is where there are a few guys that, in my humble estimation, pissed the bed um, <laughs> to a certain extent. He had James Conner at 16. He had Travis Etienne at 17. Alma Kamara at 18. Kenneth Walker III at 19. And then you had Jarek McKinnon at 20. So I'll start with the guy that I didn't see coming. Jarek McKinnon was one of those waiver wire fire guys that we kept telling you to pick up while he was still available to you. But he was a guy that came out of nowhere that you could have literally gotten off of waivers for several weeks of the season and ended up being a top 20 running back. The two guys that I'm disappointed in, I really felt like, especially once uh, James Robinson was moved, that Travis Etienne was going to be a little bit more of a staple, if you will, as well as Alvin Kamara with the issues that the Saints were having. I kind of felt like they were going to be able to lean on him. I I felt both of those running backs ended up being a little bit lower than expectation and a little bit lower than where their norm, if you will, based on talent should kind of put them. James Conner, he was, I look at him from last year's, he's been very much touchdown dependent. There were a, there was a lot going on in Arizona. Walker ended up being 19, even with, you know, there were some injuries and things there that kind of hampered him a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking for him to take a major step next year. It's funny, like you see McKinney, we talk about, again, another testament to running back being kind of choppy this year. James Conner. He was hurt most of the year. Travis Etienne started slow because they didn't really believe him early in the portion of the year. Um, he's here at 17. Kamara, ish. He barely got the ball week to week. Walker missed the first quarter of the season. You know, he was second fiddle to um, Penny. He came in. He was banged up a little bit. And then Jared McKinnon, who really got all of these points in the last quarter of the season. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> it's like Again, running back has been real choppy this year. If you're looking away from 11 to 20, most of these guys have been banged up, hurt, or either disappointed this year. But they're sitting right here. So, of course, the biggest surprise probably would be Jared McKinnon. I did think James Conner had the opportunity to be higher, um, just a little bit higher. Uh, he just did get those touchdowns. He was a the touchdown-dependent kind of guy, but at the same time, he's kind of like the only show in town. So, you, right. you, you was thinking he's going to just fall in the end zone many games. But uh, then – Kyler Murray getting hurt too didn't didn't help him get to the red zone to score the touchdown. So you know it's you know chicken or egg. He wasn't doing anything, but you know he actually kind of played a little bit better when Kyler was banged up. It seemed. Um, yeah. He didn't do anything early in the season. He got hurt early. Remember, uh, I had him. I was a owner. I drafted him pretty. You know, at a pretty good, pretty good round. But um, and look at this list. I mean, Etn is a it's a pleasant surprise at seventeen. Um, and also Kenneth Walker, another pleasant surprise. So I think these guys have shown bright futures for next year. That part of like uh, these parts, uh, 11 through 20 to your point, just really injury written. I mean, like I said, I, w- I would expect that Connor and Kamara be up higher. Uh, McKinnon obviously is a big surprise. I think ETN kind of where I, I f- thought after his rookie season, he'll definitely show up to be more involved. But like I said, I think it just took him a while to your point once uh, – they moved on from Robertson. Walker, um, I can't say I'm surprised. I really thought a lot about him coming out of college, but he also missed time when he had that uh that hernia surgery. So Lord knows, you know, those extra games back, you know, what he could have did with that. I'm loving where he might go from there. He's only getting started. So I liked I liked uh Walker a lot. Gonna double it up and go twenty one through thirty here. Gonna be the next ten running backs. And I'm putting them in this group because they kind of work themselves out to naturally be all around the same numbers. And some, it was very disappointing. And for others, it was apropos. 
And then you had those that were like, oh, okay, wow. I was able to kind of draft you a little bit later and you really, you know, overachieved. So got a lot of that going on here. 21, Zeke. Zeke Elliott. 22, Devin Singletary. 23, David Montgomery. DeAndre Swift. Damian Pierce. At 26, Antonio Gibson. 27, A.J. Dillon. 28, Raheem Mostart. 29, Jeff Wilson Jr. And 30, Jonathan Taylor. Joe, I want you to actually go ahead and go first on this one. Who didn't you see coming? Who kind of disappointed you? What guys actually ended up being a value? I like Singletary. I think Singletary was the biggest surprise. I thought, honestly, I didn't expect him to kind of end up in this range. I'm kind of taking back that Zeke and Montgomery and Swift fell this bad. Even Dylan, those four, I think, and well, obviously, obviously Jonathan Taylor, but he had a bum foot the whole year. So those five kind of really took me by surprise that fell here. Pierce, I just honestly think, you know, another guy was heavy on through the draft. Uh, it's just honestly when a team is just lackluster is that team, they kind of everybody knew who to focus on. And it was really he was just taken out by default because they didn't have much else to offer as far as an offense. But I think he's going to be a riser uh, next year for sure. I mean, everybody know the elephant in the room. Jonathan Taylor was probably one of the biggest, probably the, I'm going to say the biggest bust uh, this year because more than likely he's within your first two picks. Um, he didn't go past two in probably any league, to be honest with you, unless you're playing with a bunch of novice. So he's probably the biggest surprise in this in this group. It's just it's just amazing how the offensive line went from a top three in the league to like a bottom within a year. It's crazy. One of the biggest surprises here, I also agree with uh, Joe. I think A.J. Dillon, you thought he would be a lot higher. It seemed like that's going to be more of a 50-50 split, if not, you know, a little closer to 50-50 or 55-45 type. Leaning his way, it seemed. Um, that didn't happen. DeAndre Swift is another guy you thought would be a lot higher. He just seemed one of those guys that seemed like he can't stay healthy. I mean, he is healthy. He plays well. Yep. But he just can't stay on the field. Damian Pierce, I think, is a, probably one of the better values here because of, he was – Drafted pretty low in most leagues, even though the people's beating on the drum. If you've been listening to the show, we talked about him. But uh, he was drafted a lot later than a lot of these guys on this list, even guys ranked behind him. So he probably be one of the bigger surprises as well. But most certain Jeff Wilson tandem, I mean, that's just that Shanahan love right there. It's just ugly at this point. Like, <laughs> a lot of ugly guys in this, in, this, in this part, right? You expect a lot of these guys to be ranked higher. David Montgomery, I thought, would be ranked a lot higher as well. Especially when the guy that was supposed to be his 1B ended up getting hurt for several weeks of the season. I thought he was going to take off, but he he basically just did what we thought he would do with Herbert when Herbert was injured. And I want to say, Joe, isn't this a contract year for him? Can't they move on from him this year? And Yeah, they definitely moving on from him. Uh, you, you even saw it after the game. He has, Him and his family and friends were at the middle of the stadium taking photographs. I think it's another Miles Sanders situation where he just they just didn't involve him a lot in the offense as needed. And I think also trying to develop an offense around fields kind of came at the expense of being kind of like telegraphed, uh, you know, the plays that kind of feature him and, and you know, his skill set. But I think uh, he's, he's definitely on the way out after the end of the last game, everyone taking those pictures in the middle of the stadium. We have running backs 31 through 40. Tyler Allergier, the rookie leading the way here. Coming right behind him, his teammate, Cordell Patterson, Samaje P. Ryan, Rashad White, Latavius Murray, Cam Akers at 36, Deontay Foreman, Michael Carter, Isaiah Pacheco at 39, and Kareem Hunt coming in at 40. This was kind of all over the place for me. Tyler Allegier, the fact that he and Patterson were kind of sharing, I think that kind of is Al Propos for where he ended up. But I, I like his trajectory going forward. Samaj P. Ryan actually ended up quite a bit higher than where I thought he would end up being. Kind of gave my thoughts on Rashad White already as far as um, the rookie in Tampa Bay. I think he's going to have a huge role going forward. I kind of thought that he would have that Giovanni Bernard type of a role off top. He ended up kind of digging into that role as the time went on. But I don't know. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, I thought he would end up being a little bit higher as well as Kareem Hunt. Oh, no. I mean, Pacheco was just one of those guys like, just had to know to know last or next year he'll be a guy that everybody be on now because he's like he's going to be the head guy going into the beginning of the season it's shown that they you know believe in him he's a a, a low drafted guy so i don't think anybody 
foresee him finishing where he finished at this year. But I like him moving forward. Uh, a lot of these guys, again, injury-based. You know what I'm saying? Cordell was hurt most of the year. At the time, he wasn't hurt. Allegier stepped in. Shamar J got his rock because of Mixon being down. Rashad, he's here. Latavius, again, an injury got him right here. Cam Akers, an injury got him right here. Deontay Foreman, a trade got him right here. Michael Carter, an injury got him here. And then Kareem Hunt. Uh, this is the guy next year I got my eye on because he's going to land somewhere really good. I may even make a move for this dude right here now in our league. He's going to land somewhere nice. I would love to see him in Miami. If he get on the Miami Dolphins, they have a legit RB1. I top, love that. Top eight, you know, he can finish up in that arena, in that era, um, that area. Maybe top five, to be honest with you. He got all the tools. He just need to be let, let you know, let the chains off of him. You know what I'm saying? But um, I like him next year as a sneaky, sneaky play. I don't even know where he's landing yet, but he's going to land somewhere good. He's going to be a good guy. So if you're in dynasty leagues, I suggest that you go, go ahead and get ahead of the curve right now. Well, nobody's thinking about him and uh, make a move for him. I'm about to put a move in for trade in for him right now. Yeah, I, I like this list as like only because of upside. Alagier, I did not see that coming. We had uh, someone actually mentioned him during the draft show, and I had I was like, who's Alagier? Who's this? He really is. He should be their three down back going forward. I really like his upside. Looking at the rest of this list, towards the Acres, I'm not really surprised by Acres. I'm I'm kind of slightly. I mean, like in the beginning of the season, if you would have told me he'd fit, he'd be down here, I wouldn't. I'd find that odd based upon what he did when he came back from injury, uh, leading into the Super Bowl run. So I'm kind of shaken up by that one. Like you gotta say, like with Kareem Hunt, I think he's gonna go to a good team next year. I think even uh, well, no, because they got Deontay Foreman. Because I was gonna say the uh, the Panthers. Uh, what else we got here? Patterson. Eh. I mean, I just feel like we've seen this happen at the I'm a dozen when we got players that become a running back that plays another position. They just get banged up a lot. Pacheco. I mean, honestly, he just got the luck of the draw that C C H was hurt a lot early on in the season. They didn't have really what they an idea what they're gonna do going forward. But like you, everybody's saying, we know he's not going to be nowhere near the bottom going forward. Expected a little bit more, but at the same time, for for what how the season transpired, like uh, Vander was saying, we know that you know the confidence in the the organization that he's the three down back going forward. The next ten up, they actually have some guys who are promising, in my humble opinion. Some younger guys who had some situations kind of pop up, but I see them doing major things going forward. Forty one. Brees Hall, 42, Brian Robinson, 43, Khalil Herbert, James Cook, Clyde Edwards Alaire, Eno Benjamin at 46, James Robinson, 47, Kenyon Drake, 48, Melvin Gordon, 49, Jalen Warren at 50. To be at 41, and I think Brees Hall played what? It was just a few weeks that he played, but obviously you can't really extrapolate that through an entire season, but if you did, he'd be one of them dudes. Um, so with that particular injury not being what it used to be, I can definitely see him coming back full strength. Brian Robinson, same thing. He had an injury that was definitely outside of the norm, but with him having a regular offseason and kind of being able to start out and hold out, he's going to be one of those guys that I can see surprising people next year. Khalil Herbert. Joe was just talking about the fact that David Montgomery is likely to move on. That's going to put Khalil Herbert in the driver's seat. And I can see him showing and proving he's definitely a three down back himself. James Cook, I can see him beginning to take more and more of the role away from Singletary. And I can possibly see them kind of flipping next year and Cook ending up a little bit closer towards that top 20-ish range in Singletary kind of falling back just a little bit. The only other guy on the list, uh, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon. I'm, you know, nothing you're gonna do with them. You know, Benjamin is probably, you know, the cheapest running back that you can find out there right now. And I can see him getting some run over there in Houston behind Pierce. Depending on the type of system that they end up having, he could end up getting you some cheap points for, you know, next to nothing. James Robinson. I don't think he'll end up being a Jet when it's all said and done. Their running back room is more than crowded to say the least so Jalen Warren coming in at 50. The, the reason why that's so, somewhat impressive is because Pittsburgh does not use two running backs so the fact that Jalen Warren is on the list at all is impressive in the fact that as a rookie 
he was able to gain Tomlin's trust enough to eat into what has been for the last 20 years a true to goodness bell cow situation in that particular offense. Um, what you got here? These these guys right here from uh, 41 down to 50, a lot of them you will see uh, do a lot better next year. There's a few names here that could be top 10 guys next year. Start with Brees Hall. He's a guy that we, uh, he's seen a lot of, it, it looked good. It started off kind of slow. Not sure if Michael Carter was the guy. He was the guy, but when he got an opportunity, he looked part. Um, um, everyone was pretty much saying. Uh, Khalil Herbert, I think he just has one, a person in front of him that's stopping his production. James Cook is another guy you just mentioned. Showed a lot of he, – he's probably been a surprise here for me. I know coming out of Georgia, he a lot of people like him. He carries that that Cook name. He's not quite like his brother. Uh, but um, he actually impressed me right here, to be honest with you. He, 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 he caught up to speed a lot quicker than I thought he would, if that makes sense. And, you know, going down the rest of the list, I mean, Drake, you know, that's circumstance. Melvin Gordon, he probably won't be around next year. I think CH would be on another team next year, possibly. I don't see him coming back to the Chiefs next year. Not sure what team would take a chance on him. Maybe it's someone like the Dallas Cowboys would take a chance on him. Is he still him. in his rookie contract, though? In, uh, what year is this for him? This is Go, year three. Into three? Did, this yeah. was three, or he's going into three? I think this was three. So he got one more year then? Yeah. Because he, cause remember, they took him in the first round. I, I know they're not going to pick up his fifth year, but that means he had a four-year contract as a rookie. So he's still cheap for next year. If if this was three and he's going in the fourth, yeah, unless I, somebody's willing to trade for him, and I'm pretty sure they'd be willing to entertain that. But outside of that, I think they keep him just because he's cheap. Maybe so, maybe so. I just think Pacheco has really took that job. I think it's his job now. Of course, McKinnon just the third down guy. You know he looks good, but as far as just the early down work, I think he already lost that. So I could very well see him on another team next year. Who Pacheco. McKinnon or C H? Oh, McKinnon. Gotcha. McKinney can very well have be up for a contract. I'm not sure if what that deal looks I'm like. not sure. But, well, but you're right, Robinson, he might be. Because he'd have been yeah. up for, what, two, three years now? I think he's, he re-signed, but I'm not oh, sure. Because okay. I think he was a free agent this past year, but I'm not sure if it was for gotcha. another year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he might have signed for like one year or something like that. Um, but he might have played himself into – I mean, he looks like a – I wouldn't be surprised the Patriots call him. You know what I mean? I could see him fitting over there, mm. being playing that James White role. You just never know. Yeah. You never yeah. know what these guys are gonna end up at. You know what I mean? He could go to the Raiders. You know, playing that James White role. <laughs> you know what I'm Back. saying? Back. So th- there's a lot of places these guys can land. But I, I, from off this list, I like Brees Hall moving forward. Him and Khalil Herbert, Robinson. I'm still not sold on Robinson. I know he went through a lot of trauma this year. I'm pretty sure he come back full shift next year. But looking at him run the ball, he's cool. But I'm not a real big Robinson fan. Uh, like you would be like a like out of most Alabama running backs. I just feel a little different about him. I think the one that kind of caught me by surprise, I would say, well, nobody at this point. <laughs> I had to look at it twice. Like I got to say, like uh, to your point, uh, starting with Brees Hall, to me what's encouraging is the fact that he had the surgery much sooner in the season. Uh, he had it back in November. And it wasn't as severe as the, the other ACLs and things that we kind of got, the Dobbins and everyone else. Like This one was kind of a clean-cut one, really. And I, I really like that upside for him coming back next season. James Robinson, I think he's going to be a good piece somewhere. So one you think he'll end up getting let go as well? Oh, yeah. James okay. Robinson definitely going to get it. But I'm going I'm to be one to kind of bet on him and hedge on it because he wasn't really he wasn't really that explosive before he got hurt. But you can kind of tell that, that it played into um, what he is. He does present on the field down and down now. And I think he's going to be a good handcuff to somebody. Um, so I think he's really still a good play. Brian Robinson, to your point, I think, honestly, um, they're going to go in the draft and get a running back. So I'm not even worried about Brian Robinson. He has two down upside, but I think, honestly, they're going to find somebody to kind of edge him out. Khalil Herbert, like like Herbert, he did pretty well. But I think he gave me that Cohen, Cohen vibes, the, the guy Tariq Cohen before him, where it's just like, yeah, he, he presented something different, but is it really because he was a scat bag and then you get Montgomery, he was a little bit bigger do so i don't really i'm not really on the Khalil kool-aid love james cook i think to your point but then again is i think it might be that aaron jones aj Dillon, where we're saying yeah james cook can take it and then next he knows singletary do what he got to do disappoint oh, that's the guy I was disappointed you know benjamin i really thought you know benjamin had a good opportunity to kind of see what especially with all the you know the, the inconsistencies of connor being hurt 
I thought he was going to do a lot more than what he did uh, for the Cardinals this year. And then lastly, Jalen Warren. That's just my stash, man. I, I kind of figured he'll, he'll kind of play into the carries, but not to, like you said, the extent that he's high as 50. His productivity should be a little bit higher uh, next year. Like, this guy is really good out the backfield. He presents something different than Najee. And I don't know, Najee already, he coming off too injury prone. You know, he played through that Lens Frank, and he's a, he's a tough dude to play through that injury, but... He just, I don't know. You see the the opportunities with Jalen Warren on the field breaking, you know, long plays and stuff like that. If he could work on that fumbling the ball, I think he can cut into Najee next year, my personal opinion. And that pretty much wraps up Final Fantasy Running Backs Edition. We're going to go ahead and round out the show with your playoff preview. Let me just remind you right quick how on point we were last week. I told you guys that that was going to be a Gabe Davis type of a week, Gabe Davis type of a week. I told you that with Vegas, when the public goes heavy on any given team, it doesn't matter what your football sense tells you. Both the Ravens and Miami covered. Wasn't supposed to happen, but hey, that, that was two of the you know, anytime they're over 80%, that's normally what happens. So, Vander, I believe, uh, who was the you gave a was it a running back or a quarterback that you gave for DFS that ended up hitting? I can't remember who it was. It's bragging time. Who was it? <laughs> hmm. There's a couple guys I mentioned then. I can't recall. I know this, I like ETN last. Um, Last week, he's a guy that like as far as running backs per se. Oh, yeah. oh, I remember. Uh, um, you said that you like the Jags. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You said you like the Jags in general. In uh, Trevor Lawrence, I, 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 it was Trevor Lawrence, and you might have given another. Yeah, I did say ETN well. because I know how the Chargers yeah. can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I know I did like ETN, but. I'm going to say another thing going into this week. Don't think the Jazz can't beat the Chiefs. That's all I'm going to say. That's so, all I'm going to say. That's actually the first matchup that we're going to look at. So it's an eight-and-a-half point spread. The over-under is at 53. This is the key thing. This is the key thing that I'm looking at. The public is 62% on Kansas City. That's not quite to that 80-ish spot where it's almost automatic, but it's, it's kind of up there. At eight and a half, that's a nice spread. I think Jacksonville will minimally cover that spread. But the thing that I saw that interests me the most is the public is at 69% on the over, mm-hmm. which says that this game could end up messing around and not scoring quite as many points as people are thinking because that under being at 31% is more likely to hit. Do with that what you will. Yeah, I just think it's one of them games where – because the Jags, they're kind of like – these, these man, they're gonna play. These are these are the games you don't want to run. These are called those trap games. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, some weeks they look horrible. They're like the Jags, and then some weeks, you see, last week they came down from what twenty, whatever points now, twenty seven down or something yeah. crazy. Here's you just don't know what you're gonna get. If they play like they played in that second half, but don't have the turnovers. They can beat any team in the playoffs right now. I mean, and they played the Chiefs earlier this year. I'm thinking they lost by like four points or something like that. It was a pretty close game. Four to six points or some of that. It was pretty close. But the Chiefs, they're not good on the back end. Lawrence can, I think he can shoot it out with them. I could definitely definitely see Kirk having a good game. Zay Jones, these guys. Because one thing about Spags, man, he is so hard-headed. This dude will play man-to-man no matter what. They could be getting toasted, and he would not come out of that man. And I think if he goes out there again this weekend, do the same thing, it can get a little crazy. Eagles going up against the Giants. This is a seven-and-a-half-point spread. And this one is surprising in the fact that the public is 65% on the Giants with that seven and a half points. The over-under is at 48. And as far as the over-under is concerned, 66% is on the over. Got to remember, this is a division game. Sometimes those divisional games can be knocked down, drag out type situations. So I can definitely see how that under, which the public is kind of going against, is more likely to hit. But also I see with Philly, being only a 35% right now with the public. I mean, I could see them winning this game by eight points, right at eight points, just because of that number. That's a pretty big disparity when when you're talking about the Giants are the underdogs. So 
Um, who do you guys like in this one? Um, who you starting? Who you sitting? Um, are you staying away from this one? Well, what are kind of your feelings on this one? I think this is a Jalen Hurts game uh, yet again. I like I like all his receivers, uh, particularly Devontae Smith. I'm talking about somebody who just who averages in his sleep at least five receptions every single game, over fifty yards, clear cut. He has a great floor for those who are like in DFS who needs to. You know, you get a spend-up opportunity to kind of upgrade the wide receiver position. You can't go wrong with him. Uh, Goddard, I mean, I think that's a big thing, too, getting Goddard back in his offense. Um, Goddard just – he gets big chunks. He's not one of those guys that just gets, you know, five, six-yard receptions. Like, no, this dude, he catches in bulk. I think he's going to um, do so again in this matchup. A.J. Brown, you always got to mention him in conversation, but I, I like the, the ceiling of those guys higher. I'm not uh, really big on the Giants' uh, weapons. I think we got to kind of put back into perspective the last time they played, because, again, week 18, Giants rested their players. Uh, they had seven sacks on Daniel Jones. And I think um, one thing that stood out for me, like just relatively quickly, Sweat, 11 sacks. Graham, 11 sacks. Hargrave, 11 sacks. Cox, uh, seven sacks. Reddick is 16. And guess what? Robert Quinn is coming back healthy this week. And then they got Linval Joseph and Indama Kasu. And, you know, I think, honestly, it just speaks to uh, uh, being a trap. You know what I mean? You got Richie James, Isaiah Hodges, who came from the Bills, playing what, what they should have, you know, how godly they should have been playing. I think it's a comeback to Jesus moment with Bradbury. And then my other guy, I love him too. I'm, I'm so mad I'm going to butcher him from the, the Lions. I think this is a come to Jesus for the Giants. I think they're going to get shut down. I think you got to stop Saquon. But then again, the weakness of the Eagles is the backfield. So I think Saquon definitely going to get a, a bevy of receptions, but they're going to stop Saquon. They're going to put a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones, which is why I'm kind of like, eh, I'm kind of going to fade the uh, offense of the Giants. I kind of feel a little bit of the opposite. I think this is another one of them games, man. <laughs> uh, we all know it's um, it's hard to beat a team three times in one year. And the Giants is playing with a lot of heart. They're definitely overachieving this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, um, I mean, we've seen the, the emergence of uh, Dexter Lawrence is playing really good football as of late. And then the rookie, uh, Thibodeau, like, the Eagles do, do have a very – Is he going to be good to go? I know he got hurt in the last game. Oh, Thibodeau? No, nah, I think how, how it ended, I, I think he'd be good to go. Um, How he kind of ended at the end of the game. Like, how his demeanor was at the end of the game. I think he'd be good to go. Of course, the Eagles have the best defensive line out of these two teams. And the best, offensive, offensive, line and the best <laughs> offensive line by these two teams. But, again, man, Daniel Jones, man, like, he's sneaky – Things can happen. And like I said, this team's overachieving. They're playing with a lot of heart. And I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts yet. I got to see it in the playoffs. Show me that you can win a playoff game in a, you know, hostile environment, playoff time. It looked good. You had a good season. But it's time to do it now. I, I just think it's one of the games. I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. Low scoring. DFS-wise, man, to be honest with you, I kind of want to stay away from this game. Uh, it's just it's just too unpredictable. I do like Saquon, but I don't like Saquon. Because, you know, the Eagles early on the season, they wasn't giving the run. Then Jordan Davis got hurt. And then they was giving up us all the run. And now Jordan Davis is back. Like Joe said, everybody's healthy now. You like him, but you don't like him. He may kill him in the passing game more than the run game. But then again, I could see Daniel Jones running a touchdown this game. Like, for some reason, people don't look at this dude. I don't get it. He's like the quarterback that can run that nobody pays attention to. Maybe because he don't look the part of a runner. But everybody turns their back on him, and then he's 60 yards down the field. Like a poor man Josh Allen. So I was just about <laughs> right. to ask you, who would you compare him to? He's a poor man Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? But he's sneaky athletic. Like He's athletic, but it's just like for some reason, they treat him like he Eli Manning. Well, I, I mean, mean, it's the same thing that Dabble was able to get done with the Bills. It's the scheme. I mean, pe people know that yeah, Josh Allen's going to run. Yeah, you know Josh's going to run. But it's the same thing with, with, with Daniel Jones. Now, he ran about 17 times last week. I guess yeah, some point in time, is, you got to know he's going to run. See, the thing is, you like you say, they let Josh do it. They don't let they don't, they don't let Daniel Jones do it. They don't let Josh just, Josh just run. That's the I difference. Feel, they they, they, they letting Daniel Jones run. Like, it's like, also a 30-pound difference, not to cut you off. Yeah. Man, mm -hmm. It's a 30-pound difference. You know, Daniel Jones is 221. Allen's easily 250. Easily, you know. Oh, that's fine. You got running backs that's 205. They get hit on every play. He'll be all right. He's still a big boy for a quarterback. But what I'm saying, these linebackers turn their back. You know, a lot of times when you play against guys like the Josh Allens, and there's going to be a lot of times you spy. That zone read, that RPO, you're not going to really pay the running back any attention. I mean, play the quarterback any attention. They, that's that's weird. They're not paying him no attention at all. Like the Josh Allens of the world and the Lamars and all the other guys that run, you're looking. But it's like 
we've seen on, on several occasions, 40, 50 yards later, and you got this tall giraffe galloping down the field. Like, you're like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, the way he's running, you're like, what the? And 60 yards later, I could see I could see him uh, run the ball a good bit in this game. So, because the Giants got to pull out all stops in this game. They got to leave it Facts. all on the field. To beat the Eagles, they're going to leave it all on the field. Which is why maybe Daniel Jones is a decent DFF, DFS play because his his floor, yeah. not not because of the ceiling necessarily. Right. Now, this next one is my lock. You got Cincinnati going up against Buffalo. This one is giving Cincinnati five points, 48 point over under. 78% of the public is on Cincinnati to cover the spread, which means Buffalo is going to win by a minimum of six points. Um, not only because they can, but because that ensures that the house wins the weekend. I'm also 78% on the over, which tells me it's probably going to end up going under 48. Again, this is just a trend that I've seen throughout the year. It definitely played out last week, but when you're at anywhere close to 80%, it's almost a lock. So I'll say that's definitely a best bet of the week. What you guys got on Cincy and Buffalo? It's going to be a really good game. Uh, Whoever get the ball last is going to win. That's how I, I can see it. Yeah, that's how I feel about this game. Buffalo put up that last touchdown. They'll still cover the spread. And that's what's going to happen for Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I think whoever get the ball last is going to win this game. Just curious to see the whole Jamar Chase. I mean, I guess Trevion Davis, Davis is back now. Talking about cornerback? Yeah, the corner. A white. White, Tredavious White, Smart Davis. Yep. Tredavious White is back. I'm not sure if he's going to travel. That's interesting to see. But uh, the Bills been pretty much, you know, limping around all year. I mean, defensively, they've been pretty much hurt on the back end. Both of their safeties have been down. Uh, we have no Von Miller, so the pass rush has been a lot. So I think the Bengals can win this game. I know a lot of people picking the Bills to win, but I think the Bengals, I think this week's going to be a lot of upsets. Last week, we've seen it. And the Ravens should have won, to be honest with you, with the quarterback that I mean, with playing with the backup. So I think it's another week that we're gonna see a lot of upsets. I can see the Jags winning, I can see the Giants winning, and I can see the the Bengals winning. Yeah, this matchup gonna be uh, crazy. I th- yeah, Mike, I'm trying to. Even, you can't even put it together what it's gonna be. Uh, honestly, I think if anything, I would probably hedge myself too. Uh, we already know how explosive this offense is, but I think Mixon is gonna definitely be. Uh, viable as a DFS player. I think he's going to get at least five five or six receptions out of the backfield. Um, we got to remember that even playoffs last year, that was something that was his MO going into the playoffs. Everybody just think he's uh, highly, you know, we know that he's versatile, but I think people kind of underestimate this guy can really get upfield. You're going to need all the tricks because, like I said, it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be, like you said, last person has the ball kind of thing. I think Gabe Higgins, you know, Jamar, Diggs, you know, it's going to be, you can play everybody in confidence. On the other side of it, um, it's hard to pick a running back, but I think Singletary is somebody who just gets it done uh, in the red zone. They seem to trust him, and he's like the smaller of the two backs. I think, you know, it's, it's, you definitely can look for Singletary to, to get in the, the red zone for sure. So he has a little upside for me if I had to lean towards him or Cook. But we already know Cook himself can uh, get busy as well, too, and get upfield. So I love this matchup. I, I can't wait. I, I agree with Vin. I think the Bengals should edge this. I think, honestly, it's ball control. Some, You know, out of two offenses, I think, you know, you want to stop. You want to kind of limit the, the amount of possessions the Bills have because we already know they can put up 21 points and before you know it between special teams and defense. So ball control, keep it out of Allen's hands, and I think the Bengals can, can ride it out. Last matchup, we have Dallas versus San Fran. This is a three and a half point spread. Dallas is getting the points. 46 point over under. The public is on San Fran at 66% as far as the spread is concerned. Therefore, I can see San Fran winning this game by about a field goal. Also, the public is 75% on the over. I don't know why, because I can see both of these defenses shutting down the other's offense. I think that's an easy one for Vegas to kind of clean up on uh, with the public at 75% on the over. As far as DFS is concerned, I don't think I want to play anyone. This this game can get really ugly as far mm-hmm. as defense is concerned. I think this I think this game can get ugly. Both teams have a, a really good defense. I think this might be the first game we see a little bit of a a little bit of trouble for Brock Purdy. And mm-hmm. at the same time, I think that Dak 
can find himself in a little bit of trouble. And instead of it being one of those four touchdown games, it can be one of those multi-interception games based on the defense that he's going to be facing. So I could definitely see this game going under. I have to disagree. Dallas defense isn't really that good. They're good. I mean, they can't stop the run. They have a good pass rush with Michael Parsons. But the 49ers want to do is run the ball. And I think you can eliminate him when it comes to that. Um, TFS, man, I like, I mean, he's going to cost a lot of money. But I like, I love Christian McCaffrey in this game. You serious? Like, we just seen the Cowboys score six points. I guess that's, I guess that's the, so educate me on this because you, you're more of the DFS uh, aficionado than I am. Where does the point of demarcation, where, where's that line where the price is worth what you think the production is going to be? Because for me, CMC, his price seems to be kind of up there in comparison yes. to other guys. So yeah, but how, I mean, how do you, you kind of. His price is going to be up there, but if you look at other matchups, I mean, he got one of the better ones, in my opinion. Like I said, like, I, I, I would prefer like like Singletary at his price going up against Cincinnati. But Cincinnati is better against the run than the Cowboys. Like way better. The Cowboys are like 22nd, 24th. They're usually up in that area. They're not really good against the run at all. But I, I'm just looking at the price, and, and I'm, I'm thinking he's going to get a touchdown in 50, 60 yards. Yeah, but the thing about McCaffrey is, I mean, he's a weapon. McCaffrey can absolutely is. <laughs> three touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? He can get seven balls. He can catch seven balls. He can. I mean, like it's just unlimited on what can he, what he can do. I just think that. Oh, I see why people are saying the over. Um, there's only one good defense in this game, and that's the Forty Nineers. Now, Michael Parsons is probably the best defensive player on the field. <laughs> you know, I can, can agree make with the it. night kind of difficult for Brock Purdy. It can if you passing the ball, but I mean, true, again, true. the Forty Nineers all they want to do is run the ball, so they can kind of limit it. You could take him out the game by doing that. These guys just scored six points against the Commanders. Do we think that Prescott's going to have two good games in a row? Which is why if it goes the way that you're predicting, it's definitely going to go under. And the public is 75% on the over. Both teams got to score points in order for this to work. What's the over-under again? 46. The predicted score is yeah. Dallas 17, San Fran 26. But I think it's going to be closer than that. Yeah, it could be. I just don't. But at just... sixty-six, that's not a lock as far as the spread is concerned. But that over/under at seventy-five—that's more likely to go under because of that seventy-five percent. That sixty-six thirty-four—that that's not really close enough to the eighty percent mark that mm. I'm that I'm like you know smashing the you know except button on that on that uh on that bet. So. But the but the under yeah under forty-six. Now that may mean that San Fran wins. Thirty to ten, I don't know, but I, it's going under. Yeah, I like I like Brock Pretty, man. Uh, he, this guy just seems to make the right throws, playing with a lot of poise. This it's just crazy. Like it's like Tom watching Tom Brady all over again once he got the um, the job from Bledsoe. It's like it's just seems like it's one of those things. Like he's destined to be the guy. I'm not sure how far the 49ers go in the playoffs, but this guy leads them to the Super Bowl. He's gonna be the starter next year. And Trey got the whole clipboard. Yo, um, so real quick. I forgot. Um, I saw this earlier, and I forgot to talk about it in the news segment. Did you see where Trey Lance um, he tweeted? You know, fingers crossed when the GM uh, or the um, I want to uh, uh, what was yeah, it? Um, Carthon. Yeah, the, the, uh, from San Fran, and so not, to now he's going to be the GM for the Titans. Right. And basically, he, Trey Lance is trying to, and the Titans needs and the Titans need a quarterback. So. Right. No, nah, that's Purdy. Purdy might have worked his way into a starting job, and and remember you were saying like a Matt Ryan type of a person, the backup. But right. maybe, maybe maybe that ends up being the case there, and Purdy's the start or something like that. Right. Uh, what What do you that. think about that? No, nah, I, I could definitely see that. That that makes sense. When I seen the tweet, you know, people are always gonna look into things like that. Um, we seen McDaniel go to the Miami Dolphins, and he took some forty nine players with him. When some came available, he got them, and I could very well see that same thing here. Because if he was the guy to play a personnel in, in San Fran, right, he's a part of that he's team. The that GM, actually, or if you want him, you right. can get him. And like you say, I don't think Tannehill is going to be back in Tennessee. Malik Willis has shown he's not quite ready yet. And if you bring in your own thing in, then, I mean, it's possible. But I think Brock Purdy has really played himself into the guy's playing so confident, man. He really I mean, is. Just poise, poise. I mean, he what Jimmy G was supposed to be. I mean, he's fat. He keeps his eyes downfield. He's elusive. You know, he got away with the pass rushing, you know, deliver a good ball. He has revitalized George Kittle. Got Kittle looking yep. back like a top three tight end in the league. Ayuk, he unlocked. Ayuk has, he's a thousand yard receiver this year. He's and really he revitalized that offense. Because yeah. 
he'll go to who's ever open. The thing, right. the thing about being the backup, you ain't never played with none of these dudes. So whoever get open, that's who I'm throwing the ball to. And he ain't even a backup. He's the third string. So the that's backup, even worse. The backup, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that means you've never played with any of these dudes. I'm, I'm throwing the ball to who's open. And I think whoever that's, gets open has opportunity. That's how he's playing. And I think that's part of that's part of his uh advantage as well because there's no tape on him. Defenses, you know, they're trying to figure out. I mean, if he's going against Dan Quinn, so he's definitely going to throw a lot at him. You know what I mean? Like any other coaches, he probably seen a lot, but he, he's going to get some stuff thrown at him this week. This I think is probably going to be a great game to watch. Honestly. Oh, for sure. This is going to be the best defense he probably faced so far, you know, that pass rush. But I think it's going to be a lot of screens, quick, getting the ball out quick. That's the only way you can beat a pass rush, run and get the ball out quick. I think, honestly, 49ers is going to win. I kind of look at that matchup against the Bucks. I think the Bucks, the Bucks defense really kind of showed his hand. Like, this ain't the, the Bucks defense from two years ago. Where they had Barnett doing what he had to do, you know they had you know Damakasu playing to some extent. You know this is not that same team. Uh, the defense really they gave up everything to Dak. I mean Dak really didn't even have to look over his shoulder honestly that entire game. He just was just oh okay I'll do this I'll do that. You're not gonna get that with the 49ers. You're, you're not gonna you're gonna you're gonna feel it. This this is gonna be a real physical game. I'll say that. They didn't on the opposite side of the defense. They weren't challenged really in a sense. And now you're going to get an offense that has so many variations, so many different ways to to skin a cat. Okay, you want to get McCaffrey? Okay, then we got Debo. You got Debo. We got Ayuk. Oh, you forget about Kittle. Kittle can have a hundred yard game. And Purdy has a rapport with everybody. He don't got no favoritism. He, you know, he's not playing like a rookie. He has no check down. Everybody's a go on that offense. Going on to the other side of the field relatively quickly, it's hard to like um, many people, you know, many players. I do definitely want to point out Schultz, if anybody, because Schultz is just balling out of out his mind right now. Can Ward played, yeah, Ward played really horrible last week. The cornerback for the 49ers. I don't, I don't, but I think he's gonna play close to um, the caliber he's been playing and play pretty well. I think obviously you got to take Lamb out of the equation, and that leaves you know if I had a DFS play, definitely T. Y. Hilton. This guy is just like he could have had 40 yards, more than 40 yards that game. But I think he's gonna definitely be, you know, asked to carry the team a little bit more. And then Pollard, I mean, Zeke was averaging less than four yards a carry the past four games. I think four of the last five games he's at, he's averaged lower than four yards a carry. It's like the knees always seem to shut down on him. He looked good in uh, off season, and then by this time this year, they uh. You know, he on thin tires, so to speak. Play it's a good matchup. I think 49ers win it. I just don't think Dak can I think Dak's gonna have to throw the ball more than forty times. So you gotta consider him for DFS. It's it's not gonna be the Buccaneers, so that, that's the other part of it. Is it worth it? And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Next week we will have your wide receivers final fantasy, along with looking at what happened in the playoffs and looking towards the final week. Uh, before we are looking at who's going to the Super Bowl. So can't wait for that. Make sure that you guys go ahead and join the Facebook group. And we have a lot of upcoming changes and exciting news that's coming down the pike. Make sure that you are a part of that. For now, we're out.